Well, tonight we are speaking to the very funny, very talented uh, Rob Blind. I'm very excited about this. I'm a massive fan of his comedy songs and his overall comedy sets. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, mate. All right, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? <laughs> All a bit hectic trying to get back, but yeah, good otherwise. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Where were you? Um, I was trying, trying to go from Portswood to Titchfield, but got on the motorway, and I think there's been an accident because everyone else has said there's loads of problems. So we just sat on the motorway doing nothing, and I was just running out of petrol. Oh, so I had to oh, go into Hedge End, get petrol, and everything I tried from there was ridiculous. Realised the time. I was only trying to drop my daughter's girlfriend back, so we had to just drive back again. Oh, my word. So it's crazy stuff, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. The um, the sort of restrictions, all the people on the roads and that now have sort of eased up, so it's almost like back to normal in terms of traffic and shit as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. And obviously, Southampton have decided around this way to make widen all the bike lanes, so they've most of the busiest roads now have lost a lane for a cycle lane, you know? Yeah, yeah, fucking cycling. Yeah, I don't mind cycling, but obviously, you know, common sense says, you know, if you had two lanes before and the traffic was slow, if you've got one lane now, it's going to be slower, isn't it? Yeah, it does make sense. You should be in uh, planning, town planning, getting the camera. Far too much common sense for that, mate, you know? (laughs) So, um, so obviously, this is, you know, we're straight into it now, I'd I have seen you a few times, uh, and obviously I'm a big fan, especially of the Uncle Pete song, so I will be requesting a rendition later if it's possible. Okay. Um, And I'll definitely like post your YouTube video as well afterwards for for some of the other songs that you've got. Thanks. But but yeah, really, you know, to sort of get us going, why don't you give us a bit of an intro into yourself? And uh, and maybe sort of right back at the beginning, how you how you got into comedy? Did you get into it through music, or did you get into it as literally as sort of a musical comedy type thing? I think I think with me, everything I'm quite half-assed with things, so I never really finish anything. So I start stuff and I have lots of good ideas, and then I kind of just wander off halfway through because you know the start of things and the spark and the exciting stuff is is good, but then actually after that's kind of like hard work and commitment and things. That's not, it's not been my strong point. So I've always done music. Um, got a band called Blind Man's Vision, and four or five years ago, we were reasonably big around sort of Hampshire way. People knew us, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, recorded a couple an album. We recorded an EP and things like that. It's pretty cool. People know the songs, sing along, and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, but as you get older, I'm, I mean, I'm 43. As you get older, life takes over, and no one can commit as much. And we had a bit of a diva in the band as well um, and had quite a few arguments all the time about stuff. And it's just, it, when it stops being fun, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's enough, there's enough shit in life without you going out of your way to find more, you know? Absolutely. So the band kind of fizzled out a bit. I've started up again and we're going again and it's slow going. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot of venues left that do live music that's not, you know, a straightforward covers band. So... Yeah, I'm just yeah. looking for other things to do. I love songwriting. So I started writing a musical because, again, I like songwriting. I find it reasonably easy. So rather than writing a film, a musical is easier because I can fill it with songs. <laughs> so it's like cheating. And it's like, you know, I'm a small could be say, play to your strengths. So I, it's the same with the comedy. Um, there's a guy called, uh, is it Bo Burnham? Yeah. Uh, and my 
youngest daughter is 14. She loves him. She thinks he's hilarious. And he writes these comedy songs. But some of them are really... When he's good, he's really good. You know, I think it's Tim Minchin who's absolutely incredible. Yeah. At comedy songs. And he's he's got a musical skill. Same as Bill Bailey. When Bill Bailey's on top form with it, because they're both good, such good musicians... It's an incredible thing to see and hear. But to be honest with you, a lot of the comedy songs for me are quite lazy and aren't always amazing. And some of the Bo Burnham stuff was really good and some of it wasn't. And I'm thinking, I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah. So I just started writing some comedy songs. My problem is, to be honest with you, I've got quite a dark sense of humour, as you know. I know you have as well at times. And yeah, people don't always get it or appreciate it. And my problem is, if I was very, if it was much more PC, my stuff, I think I could get it out there a bit more, but I have sent it to people and people have been offended. And a couple of people have asked me to never contact them again. <laughs> so it, I've uncovered a lot of unhappy childhoods that I've yeah. obviously written some sort of song about. And then people have gone, right, no, that happened to me when I was a kid, or this happened, or this. Or, and it's like, you know, obviously a priest touched me when I was 11. Don't ever speak to me again. And it's like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Which and that's happened, happened a couple of times. I am learning. <laughs> so not everybody wants to hear a song about paedophilia i've got a song about obviously about uh in covid obviously priests for a while there was no one going to to church so priests yep. didn't have a church to touch up choir boys i'm trying to offend people a little bit but i'm trying to do it in a clever kind of catchy way um so the comedy thing i've only been doing it for about a year i'm still doing the music i do lots of things i do a, an online music thing as well with a couple of my mates we just put a few ideas together and this guy produces it and adds all these layers and dance tracks and all sorts of stuff. That's okay. quite cool. And what's that um, called? Um, that's called ARC, um, A-R-C, and that's on Spotify. We've got a couple of tracks on Spotify. I think we've got about five songs in all. We just do that for a bit of fun, basic idea. And I say we lay down the guitar, a bit of vocals, and then he does whatever he wants. So one of the songs has got a full orchestra sound in it. One of them's, you know, really kind of, what's it say, big, as I say, fat beats on it and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> um it's not really my sort of thing, but the agreement is that he can do whatever he wants, you know? Fair enough, okay. So we just do this basic tune and he goes off on one. And it's one of the songs, I say, got a whole, whole orchestra in the end. The last minute of the song with the music is incredible. And it's very, very cool. Do that online. I say, still doing my Blind Man's Vision um, songwriting and we meet up every couple of weeks. But I, I thought I, a couple of other people have said it as well. Obviously, with comedy, it's kind of ageless. Yeah, with yeah. music, especially in Britain, it's all about image, you know. Yeah. So if you haven't made it, you get to a certain age, and then you know I'm 43. I'm a bit fat. <laughs> who, who wants to see that? Do you know what I mean? Not many people, I can tell you. But um, and you know, as you get older, you realise that like comedy, obviously, you can do stand up comedy until basically until you can't stand up anymore. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of gone into that as well for a bit of fun and to be honest with you as you know obviously like you know when you've got a five minute slot or a seven minute eight minute slot sometimes sometimes it feels long sometimes it feels short but for me I have the advantage of I can chuck a song in there as long as I remember the song that's, yeah. a, that's two minutes sorted isn't it you know yeah so it's quite a, a kind of coward's way into comedy maybe so you know if you're doing so you're doing Blind Man's Vision. So how long? So how long's the music been since you started? Then so has music always just been a passion? You picked up a guitar or piano? I kind of yeah. My my dad was a singer songwriter and he had a band in Southampton. Okay. And 
years and years ago and he's always done that sort of thing and to be honest with you I was kind of pushed into it I didn't really want to play the guitar my dad just kept buying me guitars for birthday and Christmas <laughs> until I just did I've got a trumpet somewhere that my dad bought me if it was only musical he would just buy it he wouldn't you know he had money and he would just buy it for you so you think do you know what? I'll have a trumpet this week and he's like all right you might you know it, when you're younger as well you think well he might as well buy me something <laughs> so um yeah, so I'm, he's always played. I'm not a great guitarist. I'm all right. But I, I do a lot of the songwriting for the band and then the others kind of build up on it and I'd say they make it better, you know. And are you, but, are you, are you the lead singer? I'm the lead singer, yeah. Yeah. Because you could tell yeah. with... Um, so with some uh, musical comedians, the they're not necessarily um, good singers. It's It's more about, you know, whatever sort of song they're trying to sing as such yeah but um but obviously you can you can hear when you're singing that you obviously you know can sing you you're a good singer which yeah makes it for me it makes it more intriguing when you're listening or you know from my side of things when you're listening and it's like a, it almost sounds like a normal song yeah you know, it really makes you have to listen to the lyrics in order to sort of which i find quite captivating and then obviously it's really funny the way you to twist it for your comedy and stuff yeah is that going to be is that going to be your sort of if you could have a dream career like say from now would yeah would, would that be in comedy or would it be in music i think you'd be in comedy now i think i've really enjoyed it to be honest with you i like telling stories and i I've met a lot of really strange people in my life <laughs> my my brother and my little brother and I have got quite an age difference. So 17 years. And he says to me, I don't know anybody weird, which is not true because I've met his mates. But he says <laughs> he doesn't know anybody interesting in, in crazy and who loses the plot and things. You know, when I was younger, we used to do a lot of drinking and probably a lot of drugs and stuff. And, yeah. and things used to get quite messy. But a lot of friends of friends were quite insane. So, I, you know, I've always told stories of these things that went on and some of it horrendous. And... And my brothers and everyone else have always loved it. And I've always wanted to do a bit of that as well. And I hoped that I could use the music to kind of, as I say, being a coward, build a safety net in. And then obviously, as it goes, kind of, my plan is eventually maybe to make it sort of 50-50. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because again, I've, I've noticed that. I think I saw you really early. Um, I think it must have been anything. I think maybe they've both been anything funny. I'm not sure. So yeah, and easily, yeah. But I do remember, yeah, the, the, it was solid songs the first time I saw you. And then in the second time, it was broken up with more sort of quips and jokes. Yeah. That's like the filter in. Yeah, you know, that you, you must do it as well, I don't know. But I've got this thing, I watch someone do stand-up comedy and go, I could do that, or I could have a go at that. So I have to avoid certain things. Because if I, if I saw, uh, you know, a one-liner stand-up comedian, I saw a couple in a row on TV... That's it then, in my head. That's all I want to do. Right. So for two right. days, I'll just be writing one-liners, which isn't necessarily my strength, but I just like it. And then you'll see something else and you go, oh, I could do that. And I'll have a go at that. You know what I mean? So I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> um, I love the one-liner stuff when they get it right, but you do find it sometimes when people are just, there's no connection. But I love it when people have got a connection with their jokes and they come back to the what they said before and it all comes round and very organised. You know, I, I do like that. Yeah. And obviously one-liners are just go, 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 go. They kind of hit, miss, miss, hit, aren't they? You know, and it's, um, it's quite difficult. I've been, I, I, I randomly put out a bad joke every Thursday. Yeah. Um, 
and I just make them up. But the amount of people that then send me jokes back, and I know exactly where the jokes come from because I've seen them on a comedy show the night before, or they're quite a famous joke, you know? Yeah. And it's quite difficult because you think, I'm trying to make this joke up, and then you've just bombarded me with, you know, five of the best jokes you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> it's, you know? And it's amazing the mixed reactions. Because, I mean, my last joke I did, uh, the first two or three people said, you know, that's almost funny, which was quite a compliment compared to what they normally say, which is swearing. <laughs> and then loads of people just said, that's appalling. That's not even funny. And it's very interesting how different people take this, you know? Well, that's the thing about this sort of online uh, world that we live in now, isn't it? Especially when it's written, because in a live environment, when you're doing it in front of an audience, you can gauge it, you can throw these lines away, you can throw it in there to see if it's funny or whatever, and, and then it's lost, it's gone. Like, it doesn't matter. If it's funny, it stays in your act, and if it isn't, you know, then it goes out. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But when you write it, when you put it down, it is constantly there, so people see it, see it a couple of times, you know, and then they yeah. comment on it, and that's it, done. And it's, it's the comments. If everybody in an audience, when you're alive, gave you their honest feedback after every punchline or joke that you tried to say, we'd be fucking demoralised. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right, yeah. It's interesting as well, because I've seen other comics on there. It's pretty kind of call myself a comic, but I've seen other comedians on there doing... It's not their strength, and they've and the wordplay thing is not their thing, but they're still trying it. And sometimes it really does miss, and sometimes it really hits. It's just one of those things, you know? Yeah, um, I make these jokes up and I've got a long list and I try and I've challenged myself. I try and make one up every Thursday morning and then I just um, add it. Um, but I have a list as well. Um, and one, one day I'd like to go and do just a, a five minutes of one-liners, but it is difficult to remember them. Yeah, I've seen um, uh, a one-liner comedian on the circuit who just has the, uh, the little prompt cards and that's yeah. part of the act. And it's almost like you know, you sort of throw if they if they go shit, he just throws it type of thing. Yeah. So there's yeah, different ways I suppose you could do it because there are like a ton of jokes in there. If, if yeah, that's a problem. One liners that is a long time. That's a lot of jokes you got to fit in. Yeah. Well, I I went to London did one of these nights where they can you just get five minutes and they can card you off. All oh, the gong shows. Yeah, I did one of those and it was pretty brutal. But the guy first on uh, one liners, he had them. And he was away, and they loved it. Yeah, and he was, and he was missing more than he was hitting, but people were respecting it, and it was working. And he got about two and a half minutes in out of his five and lost it. And then he repeated one of the jokes again, and then he kept saying, "My girlfriend this," and he just said, "My wife." And it just he, you saw the moment he lost yeah. His, yeah his run, and it was such a shame because they loved him, and he had them, you know, and they were just appreciating it. And to be honest, you know, there's all sorts of different people in there all different nationalities and everything else, and they were appreciating the and the wordplay was quite strong and very straight to the point. And he was doing really well. And I thought he's got this. And then you just saw it. He kind of fumbled and that mumbled <laughs> and that was he was gone, you know? There's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Yeah, I it's it's not my strength, the uh the sort of one liner things. I'm I'm all right in a conversation I can throw a quip in. Uh you know, I can have a, a chat with somebody in the crowd or whatever and, and be able to make a joke. But I can't, yeah. I, it's not my strength to sit there and write a one-liner or a, a wordplay type joke. It's just not in my way. Yeah. My, you know, what I concentrate on, I wouldn't say it's a strength in any stretch of the imagination, but with mine, it's just stories. And I find it easier because, you know, it's a start, middle and end and you just 
talk about that whole thing and it's easy to sort of find your points as you go through or I find it yeah. on your points. Yeah, I think you work because you're quite, I think you come across as quite approachable and also I think obviously the stuff you talk about, I think a lot of people understand where you're coming from, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Just and, uh, filth and poor life choices. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, and I think people can appreciate that. It's not too complicated. You know, I say sometimes I wonder, some of my darker songs, I wonder if it's too much of a niche market. It's one of those things as well. I think every comedian says it or every wannabe comedian says, well, obviously, if I was if I, if I was high up on a bill somewhere where they knew what I did, yeah, they would love it. Because, you know, you know people, people would turn up knowing you do rude songs, expecting it. And that's fine. But obviously, sometimes, a couple of times, as you say, you know, I, I because I sing and I put the effort in, I think people are almost taken aback a moment. And then I think sometimes it surprises them what the lyrics are, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I can't remember, I think it might be, yeah, I was reading one of the, you know, stand up comedians, one of their uh, autobiographies or something. And, you know, some of their sort of little tips they say, and they say, as long as you're, engaging in whatever it is you're doing as long as it's engaging uh people will either you know like you like say they find your audience they they sort of like you and what you do as long as it's somehow engaging they'll wait for the joke you know you don't always have to be banging them out Um, yeah and i think like i say with you because you have a good voice and you're a good singer people automatically listen i suppose and they you know sort of are waiting and, and give you that time and patience I don't yeah. know how that worked in the gong show or how long you managed to last. It, it didn't. It was all right. I was all right doing the first song. I got it wrong, you see, because obviously you get two minutes where they can't card you off. So obviously I my, I had a minute and a half song. So what I should have done really is speak for a minute and a half and then start a song. And I don't think I would have been obviously carded off yes. during the song. But, um, I'd managed about just over three minutes, but okay. it, was a, it was a harsh crowd. To be honest with you, it was a strange one for me. And the... When the guy said, "Who you get three cards, the, hand out the audience, and once the three cards are held up, you're off. Yeah. yeah. But when they asked people who wanted them, a lot of people didn't want them. And one of the guys, he said, do you want the card? He said, no, thanks. He said, I'm just here to boo at people and have a go at them, give them a stick, and then hope that someone else gives them a card. Wow. So, wow, thanks then. Yeah. And that's what he did. That's what he did. He pressured the other, there was three women with the cards, and he pressured them into all the time. Yeah. Shouting. And... It was all right. It it um it was all right. It was hard work, and there was just a couple of very aggressive people in there. <laughs> some, some bloke just called a woman finished her comedy routine, and he went, well, "She's a fucking bitch." Then, wow. And he just went really quiet, and then they made a big scene of it, and they carded him, but he was still sat there at the front. Yeah. Um, and it was just very, very bizarre, and I, it felt a little bit like most of the crowd were just there to, in London to let off a bit of uh, steam and. <laughs> <laughs> they suppressed rage for the week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never heard. I've not heard of. I've never heard a good report from like a gong show where people were like it was just brutal. People were there to just be horrible cunts and just lift up a card and get you off as soon as possible. And it's all yeah. the excuse to um, sort of jeer you and you know, give, give yeah. you a heckle and shit like that, which you know, kind of, it's almost. It's not supposed to be that, is it? It's supposed to be a quick judgment of like, I've had enough to yeah. go, rather than yeah. you know, giving you shit throughout. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, because a lot of these things as well. Obviously, they're, they're you know, you bring the person. So you, some of these are great. I did another one in London and a comedy virgin thing, and it was got five minutes. And obviously, you know, to be honest with you, there's, the crowd are pretty much is half comedians also doing the show, and then yeah. they're mate. 
So obviously, most of the time, their mates are there for comedy and a bit of fun anyway. They're just out for a night out and a couple of beers. And it, it felt nice and almost, you know, because I find that the stand-up comedy kind of circuit and the local thing is quite supportive and people are pretty cool, you know? Yeah. And I think... Uh, <laughs> I think in the South Coast, we're quite lucky because I'm guessing from what you were saying about your journey, you're based around the South Coast anyway. Yeah, I'm in Southampton, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've I've found it really supportive and, and pretty good and, but one of the things that's really come to the fore, are you involved in any of these Facebook groups, like the forums and the local forums and stuff? You've been, are you involved I w- in any of them? No, I've looked at them. My mate keeps telling me I've got, I'm going to sit down and go through and kind of add myself to a load of things. I've been adding stand-up comedians as I go in my friendship group. I try and see what everyone else is up to. I kind of share what I'm up to. Yeah. And that sort of stuff, you know, I think it's quite a good way of, of kind of sharing what gigs are around and what people are doing, you know, obviously until COVID hit, but yeah. 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 It's really good. But I was, I was going to say with these, um, these forums have sort of turned into, you know, they were quite a supportive type or some of them still are, but it's almost gone into a, you know, like a, everyone's starting to have a go at each other and stuff. It's been really odd. It's been a really odd atmosphere around the sort of comedy community. Yeah. You know, with some weird things happening, and which is strange because when you go to an event and you're all there, and there's you know nine, ten comedians, everyone generally sits together. If you haven't obviously brought friends and family and stuff to sit with, and yeah. the atmosphere is, I always find is really good. Yeah, it supportive is. And people chat. You do get the odd people that are quite standoffish because I think there's a lot of, uh, I think to be a stand-up comedian or to be a, a performer you maybe have to have a bit of a quirky personality, potentially. Yeah. I think you also, you want, not be funny, but I think you generally want attention as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Egocentric, I think, for sure. And it's very you delicate know. ego as well, isn't it? It's really easily bruised. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if you have a bad show or a bad couple of minutes, you know, you sort of kick yourself and you beat yourself up. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I think, as you say, I think there's a, a lot of slightly, perhaps more experienced comedians that kind of as well that are about or a little bit like that. Obviously, generally, it seems to be quite tight and people are just helping each other out. And I, but I guess right now, where there's not many gigs about, I suppose people aren't... Normally, when there was loads of gigs about, loads of open mics, no one minded anyone else sort of jumping on or look, finding out what they're doing. I suppose at the moment, when there's very few gigs going, I suppose people want to grab them for themselves, I suppose. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The um other the, the sort of main things that I've found has been uh getting advice or or not always advice but just sort of support from there's like particular guys that have always been on similar bills a lot more and you know yeah. sort of name check Ben McLaughlin as a as a guy that's always been very supportive or, or uh just just nice you know a nice person who's very sort of well yeah. always says hello always ask how you're doing, always chat you on Facebook, you know, just checks in and stuff. Um, yeah. Has there been anybody in particular where you felt, you know, this person's been... I've got a mate called Rob Hayes and he, he's just moved, but he lived in Basingstoke and he used to put on comedy nights and he would be the compare and he'd do other things and he's kind of, he does music as well, he's given me quite a lot of advice and he's given me a list of Facebook groups to go to and all that sort of stuff and he was he was attempting to do some stuff for himself as well on the side and he, he stopped now because he's moved to wales randomly but he was it was a kind of and it was great because i made loads of sheep shagging jokes and then the first picture he sent me was someone walking past his house with a goat 
So I don't know if that's just a bit of variation or that's the equivalent of a posh person. I'm not sure how it works, but <laughs> but I was like, called him a sheep shagger, obviously, because you have to. Um, of course. And then, yeah, he said, well, like, you're wrong. And there was a picture right outside his house, a man and a goat. I was like, okay. Yeah, exotic. Yeah, we're in the image of Wales. Oh, yeah, what do the Caribbean? What do the people have? Parrots? I don't know how these things work. You know, I'm not sure what, what the rule is, you know. But, but yeah, he's, so he's been really helpful for me. And then he, he's kind of pointed out quite a lot of places because he was basically setting himself up to do all these things. So he'd looked into all these things and I basically just took his groundwork because he wasn't using it. And then, you know, he, he was the one that told me about, obviously, the point that Eastley had a thing on and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I kind of built out from there. Um, see, my problem is that, to be honest with you, my stuff, I kind of have to be in a comedy place and I kind of have to really be a little bit later. I, I did a comedy gig in a normal open mic night thing and there were some kids there and it was horrendously awkward for me. Yeah. And I said to them that the kids have got to go if I'm on. And they said, yeah, they'll be gone. And then they're still there. And the parents go, no, it's fine. We take them to the Edinburgh Festival. They don't worry about anything. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm singing a song about paedophilia and you're ki- looking at your kid. is not what I want, you know, <laughs> while it's happening. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I did one in Brighton and it was like a, it was a pub. Um, and it was like a curry and comedy type thing. And there was a family in there, these young kids. And I was on like third. And the first, there were two women on in front of me. And the first woman, like they were, they were all, it was a, um, uh, there was a female MC. And she was really funny. And the first two women up were like really funny. And they were, um, oh God, second, I can't remember. But one of them made it, she made a joke about, it was really flippant, just about fucking kids. It was. I know I'm not doing it any justice. Don't sound like it's really funny, but it was really funny the way she'd said it because she was quite well spoken and blah, blah blah. And she, she just made this flippant comment about fucking kids, and you see these, and they're swearing have been going on throughout. And the parents hadn't really yeah. paid attention, but as soon as she said, "Oh fucking, uh, you know, rob be fucking kids" or whatever it was, there was the, the atmosphere dropped. And I was yeah, because that's just my sense of humour. That, that's that's makes me. I'm honestly people that honestly I can't help it. I laugh at grannies falling over and stuff. I, yeah. I, I try not to. I don't laugh out loud at things that most people laugh out. And then something stupid happens, and then I just crack. That tickles me. Then and I'm gone. You know. Yeah, and it it had um, because obviously it was just some big bold tattooed fella at the back laughing because it was so awkward. Yeah, it made everything a bit worse. And they got up and then like moved the kids, and I was called up next. And I was like, thank fuck for that because I'm all yeah doing that way and talked about pegging and spit yeah assholes and stuff and it was like Jesus I'm glad them kids ain't here because I'd have probably gone extra graphic just to be like oh, okay you think yeah he's, you think it's difficult parents. yeah because what you do you either go one way or the other don't you you got it's got to be done isn't it yeah but. like if uh, if the parents are there going that's okay my kids are you know they're fine they can listen to this shit I'm like right let's see how far yeah. I can push this then. Yeah, I was saying, you know, I was all I was doing was really was trying to get a chance to just test the songs more as songs than even as comedy, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've the kind of first five or six I had one of them last uh, is a slow song called "Even If I Was Gay," which is the story of basically two drunk blokes out and one of them says "I love you, man," and the other one says "Yeah, I love you too," and the other one's like "No, I really love you." And this is awkward, <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a song about this bloke explaining why he can't be with this other guy. And um, but it's about three minutes and it sounds it sounds like a, a proper 
love song, you know? Yeah, oh, it's a different yeah. problem. How'd you do it? Yes, and obviously the problem is sometimes that really works for me and sometimes it, it doesn't, but obviously I think the fact is it's not, it sounds quite nice, probably if someone's not really listening, there's still probably, it's not It's not a problem because at least I'm holding a tune, you know? Yeah, but I think that would be, uh, that's maybe some, because <laughs> of your songs, and again, I'll get you, if you don't mind, maybe to play one in a bit, but... Um, I think what people might not understand just from listening, because when people think about, you know, uh, funny songs and stuff, they maybe think of the sort of Victoria Woods or Tim Minchin type, you know, sort of ditties where it's, it's something funny. But obviously where you, you sing and you, it's almost like a little bit, it's quite catchy. And I think I would love, I've got an image in my head of you singing this song and then just the kids humming it later in the car on the way home and just sort of, yeah. and then he made me suck his dick. It's something <laughs> yeah. like these like six-year-old kids just being around and the parents being like, what the fuck? I know. One of, one of our, our friends a while back said that one of the songs was really, really catchy and annoying because obviously it was just sort of sticking with them because obviously I chuck some of them on YouTube. It's, it, you know. Yeah. It, it's just a, just a bit of fun. I suppose it's a bit of a challenge for me, but I take it quite seriously and I... Uh, I write them as seriously as I write the songs for the band, you know, and it's just, I kind of sit down and I want it to, to work and I want it to be catchy and I, I kind of, I understand, and I'm trying to work on it and I've actually, I've worked on a lot more, I've got a lot more shorter songs now, so I've got a lot of songs for a, a minute or so, you know? Right. Which I, I struggled with because normally, normally you make a song two and a half, three minutes, four minutes kind of maximum, really. And then obviously I've had to change my style a little bit, but I found that obviously when we're doing these five minutes or seven minutes, if I do a, th- a three minute song or a two and a half minute song, it's pretty much only got a minute and a half left. And it turns out to be like a rush job. Whereas in, sometimes not all the songs obviously hit the mark of everybody. So if you've got a minute song, you could do three different songs and hopefully one of them will, you know, will hit the mark with, with different people, you know? Yeah. 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 It can be easy to give a, again, the writing aspect uh it is very it's storytelling isn't it you sort of setting it up and then you're you're sort of running yeah. through so again it's quite that's got quite a skill to come up with a a one minute or a minute and a half song or uh, you know that is still in itself got to be quite a skillfully played way of doing it i i don't know I, you know I, I find songwriting some you know not always i don't always find it easy but i you know i'm lucky enough that that's my skill in life, I can't, I have no practical skills. I can't fix stuff. I can break stuff. And I fall over. I've got no, and, you know, I've had people say to me, you know, especially older people go, we've all got skills. You might not be able to put up a shelf, but I couldn't sing a, I couldn't sing a ballad. You know, I can do it. It's not really helpful right now, is it, when all the shit's falling off the wall on my face. I've got a spin at it, you know what I mean? And I've tripped down the stairs again. It's the, you know, day-to-day life, I'm, I'm a useless bastard, but with the songwriter, I'm not too bad, and I've got quite a high. I've got a high voice as well, and people don't expect the voice to come out of me. Yeah, um, I've always had this problem from school. You go to people, do you want to come to my gig? And they're like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> What's the shit you doing? And it's like, no, actually, any the problem is sometimes you go to someone. No, actually, I'm pretty good. And they're like, "What?" And then you then you just sound like an arrogant arsehole, you know? You know, I might be the best singer you will see this year. I'm not going to that. But or you, or you just say, "Yeah, I am shit," and then they don't come over. It's like thanks. One of my, um, one of my favourite stories growing up is I uh, played football with Craig David, and he was a okay. goalkeeper. And obviously, he wasn't Craig David. Craig David, he was just 
he was huge. He was like 17, 20 stone, Craig David. And then I knew him going through college and stuff. And he was, you know, down at the MC, down at the Rhino and things like that with the Artful Dodger. Yeah. I remember coming out of college and he was like, hey, out Parks, you're right. I'm doing a little bit of a, an album launch uh, down at the Rhino later if you want to come down. You know, there'll be some drinks and stuff. And I was like, mm, not really my sort of music, to be honest, Craig. But, you know, all the best, mate. I'll speak to you in a bit. And like four weeks later, he's on top of the pops. I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you think. But I always remember Craig David was very, he was, obviously, he could uh, sort of rap and MC, But he would do it at football and take the piss out of people. He always had a very good sense of humor. He was very good with that type of thing. But yeah. I think there's a lot of... Um, I mean, I've got, I don't have any musical talents or skills. I cannot sing for the life of me. Like, I'm so tone deaf, monotone when I sing. It's terrible. But uh, as somebody who can sing, if you're uh, karaoke or something like that, do you get up? Do you show off? Or do you no. Get up <laughs> no, I, I think I, I sang Everybody Hurts once many, many years ago. Oh, I can you doing that. That's a good song for you, yeah. yeah I, I did a thing for a while, which I am going to start up again at some point, a sing-along thing, which was like an old-fashioned... We did this thing, there's two of us, one plays guitar and I sing, and we just put a whole folder on each table, and in that folder is two hours' worth of songs and all the lyrics. And then we basically sing these songs, basic versions of them, and then people sing along and they've got the lyrics there. And it, we tried it a few times and it works quite well. It's just... A mixture of a lot one of the guitarists that got a new job and then obviously covid came in and stopped it all yeah um yeah. that was good fun and that was new for me i'm not very good at remembering covers but it was quite good for me as well because i also had the lyrics yeah um yeah. and obviously with me i'm not i'm not classically trained i'm not musically trained in any way i just open my mouth and see what happens which isn't you know which is also how i make love and um <laughs> and, but basically <laughs> a stranger's note but um but basically, so I played with some amazing musicians who were going like, right, what are you singing? You need to be singing this. You should be hitting F sharp. You should be doing this. And I'm like, what? I've no idea what you're talking about. They're coming on the offbeat. What? I'm just... <laughs> and obviously, you know, to play guitar, I do play guitar basically, but to play guitar well or any other instrument, you have to practice for hours and hours and hours. I've always just opened my mouth and hoped, you know? And again, probably how I do make love, that's how I do comedy. That's how I do all these things. I just close my eyes and hope. And, um, you know... People are like wowed by it sometimes. We had a brilliant, uh, did this gig years ago, and this, I was about 25. This woman in her 40s came up to me and she was stunning, like a proper, like, dream MILF, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know I've, it, there's no MILFs for me anymore because that's just my age bracket. Yeah. GILFs will be my age bracket soon, in the next 10 years. But um, yeah, so I was talking to her and she was talking to me and she said, you know what, you've got an incredible singing voice. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks and she was like chatting away and I thought wow I'm in here you know so we talked for about five minutes and, and she goes I'm just wondering if you give my oldest son lessons oh it's like what and it was like because uh, you do have women approach you because you can sing you know but not I don't and not many and I probably don't even notice the moments these things happen but yeah I actually <laughs> thought wow you know I'm young here this is this is it this is the life rock and roll and she was like yeah because you give my kid lessons it's like what yeah, and uh, I mean, that's half a reason why lads want to be the in a band, isn't it? Just to pull birds and yeah, you know, to, to be more attractive and to have that, that kind of, um, you know, audience and what they call groupies. Yeah, that's, that's the life that you want. And you sort of see, 
you know, you think about the Rolling Stones and those, you think they are but ugly, but because they are so famous and yeah. their music is so well known, they get laid left, right and centre. And that's the only yeah. reason they're getting laid, that and money. And you think, well, fuck it, that's that's the way, you know, that's the way to do it. Yeah, we um, we uh, drummers are always difficult to get in bands because obviously people can't practice drums at home so easily because it's obviously very loud, you know. Yeah. And um, struggle with drummers all the time. And um, we did an audition once, and obviously you go online. It's a bit like dating, and you go online, and there's these band websites, and it's not banned as in you know illegal, but <laughs> band, <laughs> there are some band websites as well. There's animal things. I write a song about. Um, but basically, yeah. So you find someone on there and then you basically contact them and then you have to meet them and it's very bizarre and um so anyway we got this a lady all we knew was she was a lady and she was a drummer so she turned up for the audition mm-hmm. we're a rock band and we're all 30 so she was late 50s which is fine but she's she sets up and that eight she takes ages and she's got all the fancy equipment and i said how long have you been drumming this she said oh about six months like, okay <laughs> strange Okay, I said, what got you into drums then? She goes, do you know the ba- the covers band, the Bog Rolling Stones? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, the Rolling Stones cover band. She said, yeah, well, I was talking to the drummer and at one of the gigs, he saw me air drumming and thought I had quite a talent. Wow. wow. And it, as it happens, he gives lessons. Oh, cool. <laughs> so he's just gone to an older woman and gone, do you know what? Great air drumming, I love that. Do you, I reckon you could be something special. <laughs> So, so we do this. So the first song, anyway. So the song starts up. The normally what happens is people listen. You can see them counting, and then they start drumming. You know. Yeah. yeah. So she hits what's called a rim shot. So she hits the metal on the edge of the drum once. Boom. Yeah. 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 And then nothing else. <laughs> so three and a half minute song, nothing else. So we're like, okay. So we do another song. She doesn't play anything. So we do five songs. She hits the side of the drum once more, and then she says. I think that's enough for me this week, thanks. I'll be back next week and we'll do some more songs. Wow. We're like, what? And we said, we don't even know anything about you and you've barely drummed. She said, yeah, what do you need to know about me? She said, my favourite band's Muckfly. She said, and to be honest with you, I'm only really drumming for groupies. Wow. And we were like, what? That we were like, no, we'll, we'll contact you <laughs> if we want you. <laughs> it's just like, that is that what? That is, you know absolutely surreal you know that's and that's an amazing story i love that it's just it's drummers the drummers are always there's always a joke isn't there you know in music the drummers are always the strangest we had a, i've just got an amazon delivery just turning up at this time of night it's just about nice. two sets their drum kit yeah, it might be Sorry about that, mate. Very unprofessional. Do you get money for picking up Amazon? Oh, live. Oh, and I was dying to make a rim job joke and everything. <laughs> oh, fuck. Missed it. Comedy. Man. All about the timing. Yeah, it's bloody Amazon. They got no timing. <laughs> but, yeah, we you know we had a bassist once, and he it was the hottest day of the year, and it had been the hottest day on record. One of these jobs, you know, and he left his wife in the van for five hours practice. <laughs> and it was, sh- and she didn't have the window open, and it was very strange, you know. And uh, he ended up leaving the band because he ba- he played the bass, obviously played the root notes, so he's playing a simple thing. And then it got to the chorus, and shout chorus, which means obviously you change to the notes on the chorus. 
And he's like, no, I'm not changing to that. We're like, but that's how the song goes. He goes, look, I'm the bassist. I don't change. What? He says, what? Name, he says name one bassist. Once they start playing, they change. We're like, everybody? <laughs> like, you can't just play the same notes the whole way through because it changes. He says, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then he emailed me the next day and he said, I'm willing to come back and forgive you all if you all individually email me an apology that I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> wow. And I very politely emailed him back. But in my head, I was like, you can just fuck off to the van with your wife. But it's, <laughs> it was just like, he said, no one, name me one basis that ever changes the music once it's, it's like what? So the rule is once you start playing something, you can never change what, until the song stops and then you play something else. That's amazing. <laughs> And it's just like, because the problem with a band is that you find these people online and they're not people necessarily that you would, you know, yeah. there's no friendship yeah. there. Quite often, the guys we've got at the moment are well cool and we have a really good laugh and it's been brilliant and there's no pressure and it's very laid back. But sometimes you just, you know, because we have a keyboard player, we haven't got one at the moment, what we normally do, it's, there's five of us. So between five of you, it's you and four strangers, really, there's normally a loony. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe it's me now. And maybe that's why I'm not seeing it. I don't know. <laughs> but, but it's it's quite often a crazy one. You know, we had one of the bassists. He was very confident, very young, but very, very confident. Some of these people that are so confident that things just work out for them. He used to turn up at, he used to turn up at, he turned up at the Isle of Wight Festival without a ticket. And next thing you know, there's pictures of him. He's inside. <laughs> no idea how. He's a good looking guy. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got no concerns. He's not the sharpest. But he, because he doesn't worry about things and he thinks as bad, it just seemed most of the time things just went right for him, you know? Yeah, well, what so, that is that the people that aren't so bright seem to be able to enjoy life a little bit easier, don't they? They just seem. Yeah, they do. They don't overthink things. But I mean, we had a gig in Reading. We'd never had a gig in Reading before. We turned up. So I'm in the pub. He's not there. So phone him. Answers. I said, Where are you? He said, oh, I'm just coming into Reading now. I said, oh, okay, okay. I said, right, um, how long your sat-nav say you got? He said, I haven't got a sat-nav. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, what about your map? You're printing out a map? No. I said, have you been to Reading before? He says, no. <laughs> I said, how did you think you were going to find it? He said, I thought I was just driving to Reading and I'd spot the pub. Excellent. And it was like, what? And every time he got lost, he would drive to a Sainsbury's and then we would have to find him at a Sainsbury's. <laughs> and it was absolutely bizarre. But who drives to Reading thinking they're just going to be able to see the pub they need? Yeah, just thinking it'll work out. It'll all be fine. I'll get <laughs> well, but, but it used to work out because I used to have to make it work out. <laughs> so obviously, I'm stressing about it. He's not at the gig. He doesn't care. He doesn't worry about anything. But I'm shitting it, you know? So I would always go and find him and make it work. And he was just like, no one realised how much bloody stress it was. He had no problem at all. He just strolled in. You know, everything was ready. He's <laughs> just like, what's your problem over here? And it's just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe that's it. He needs to do a bit of tough love. He's had it so easy of everyone working out for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. That was an old basis. He's not in the band anymore. <laughs> he, um, he, he met a girl online and spoke to her for two weeks and then moved to Miami. Right, well. And then next thing, yeah, then about two weeks after that, I had messages for him saying that he was wandering around Miami because she'd thrown him out. <laughs> obviously, they didn't know each other and it's just all a bit bizarre, you know? Yeah. See, like in that situation, I like to make them pregnant and then they're fucked. They're stuck with me for life then. Yeah, they're stuck for you as long as you want it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's part of the issue. Um, <laughs> Pluses and minuses. <laughs> um, obviously, we're coming up to the last quarter of an hour. I figured you want to, uh, if you want to, if you would, I can give it a go. I haven't played anything for ages, but I can give it a try if you want. Yeah, we do a couple of songs for us. Obviously, my right. favourite is is the uh, is the Uncle song, but you yeah. feel free to do whatever song you can. You know, you feel comfortable doing. Okay. Just pick up stuff. Hang on. <laughs> We've got like dust off the guitar and shit. It's just not like, yeah. five months. Okay. Right. Um. Typically, I'll just. Oh, there we go. For a second, I was going to say to you, <laughs> the only song I can't find is the one you want. <laughs> Right. Um, I don't know what this is going to sound like. But we'll give it a go, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's quite clear to me now. Okay. Right. I'll play the guitar, see how bad it is, right? <laughs> Uncle Pete would appear at night Parents had a party and I turned out the lights He'd say, shh, Robert, it's be alright I guess the reassurance was quite nice Uncle Pete used to give me sweets Sit on his lap between his knees. Always had something hard in his pocket, nudging me. But I had chocolate to eat. Uncle Pete didn't say goodbye. Sirens wet, I think my mother cries. Years later, he looked rough when he arrived. He said, all grown up in these sides. <laughs> Lots of people really like kids. Not as much as my uncle Pete did. <laughs> It's a cheery number. Such a classic. <laughs> it obviously just shows it shows my sense of humor. I think I messaged you and you were like, oh, I'm gonna record some YouTube songs. And I was like, please do Uncle Pete. <laughs> yeah. Um I've got one. The idea was just when people uh drink or probably smoke weed, I guess, um they think they come up with the world's best ideas, you know? Yeah. And in that moment, music's a big thing, and you hear it, especially from the 60s and stuff. Some of the guitar solos and some of the crazy stuff going on, you think, seriously? Because <laughs> those people are off their face. But at the time, it's like you record the guitar player, and then the next day, you're like, you at the time, you're Hendrix, and you're on your knees, and you're pulling the face, and you're sliding across the floor, and it is incredible. The next day, you're like, what the fuck is that? And uh, we came up with this idea, wasted one night, that of ghost porn. 
Excellent. So the idea is that the ladies are ghosts and transparent, and the man has sex with her, and then you see it all working. <laughs> so we thought this was the greatest idea ever. So I thought I'll write a song about it. So this is a song called Ghost Born. <laughs> New sexy genre has just been born. Think I've invented ghost porn. Ladies see through, pale and fit. Sexy and busty, your eyes won't quit. You go watch his seat. Wears around her tubes. While still watching her. Semi transparent, bouncing boobs, invaded ghost porn. Invaded ghost porn. Nobody wanted ghost porn. An absolutely pointless song about nothing but pretty silly in its own kind of makings, you know? I don't know how many songs you want. Do you want another song? Yes, my dear. Okay, it's fine. Right. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's up to me, mate. Sorry. It's all right. Um, right. This song, I think I've done before, is, I say, I like the idea of Someone was telling me that they always go for a wank in the car occasionally for a bit of a thrill. The wife doesn't know that she's asleep and he goes outside the car, parked out the front and knocks one out, which is bizarre for me. Is that a genuine um, story? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, but a friend of mine, has, someone told me about it. And then a friend of mine the same day emailed me to say he bought a boat. So I wondered <laughs> if people, posh people wanked on boats, you know? So this song's called Tugboat. <laughs> Sometimes I go for a sneaky wank in the car. I'm scared of getting caught. Maybe it keeps me hard. One day I have the money. I'll be able to pay for my very own top of out on waves I will play on the top of <laughs> on the top of on the top of <laughs> Can't jig on my balls. No one can see the joy. The irony is I could. I could be so free. Knocking one out on the waves. I'd be in the Navy. Oh, <laughs> I'm a 
So it does worry me sometimes where these ideas come from. <laughs> I, know, I love it, mate. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks. The, um, so what I always like to ask at the very end of these podcasts is, um, is there anybody, so it's a sort of twofold question. Is there anybody, because I assume, same as me, you've been on the South Coast, you've done a few gigs and stuff. Uh, is there someone on the scene where you go, this person's got something. Um, I think they could be, you know, a, a proper comedian. And then also, is there somebody when you're on the bill with them, you think, oh, good, I like this person. They're funny. Yeah, obviously, there's quite a few people. Obviously, I always like you because I say, I think what you say is quite approachable. And I think that people can understand it. And I think when you're talking, when you're quite likable and open, I think people can obviously totally deal with that and understand it and see where you're coming from, you know? Yeah. I always think because I always take my quite often take my little brother with me, and he always quite likes your stuff. My problem is I'm very bad with people's names and things. There's a guy at Eastley, a younger guy. He did a storytelling thing where he was telling the story of his night, and he he said that the um basically the joke was that he was going to have sex with this girl, and if it got too bad, it was a traffic light system. But her name was Amber, so it, it, the joke. But he, <laughs> yeah, I really liked. Do you know when you someone does something you can't do? Yeah. So I, I can't do that. That's not my comedy. That's not what I do. I think I could do one-liners if pushed and if I, like you say, I have some prompts. Um, I can tell stories and I can obviously do songs, but I can't do... He, his whole story kept coming back to, you know, bits. It was very, very clever. I really mm. respected that. I thought, wow, you know, that could be... I saw a guy in London and he was making a joke and he was comparing his night out to, um, to, to a Star Wars film. So everything he said he did, he was then comparing it and using... and. Not everyone got it, but I thought it was really clever. And, and actually, at the end of it, the guy said, compare, said, oh, I could listen to that for ages. And it was, yeah. you know, yeah. like some people have just got you, haven't they? Yeah. I listened and then Because I work in and I saw a guy doing stand-up and he he spoke about software and software development. And there's there's things like scrums and sprints. And he's like, oh, my mum always thought, you know, I was really clever. Or she always thought I was on the spectrum, but actually I had a Atari and all these little, like, clever little jokes. Yeah. Stood there with a really, like, geeky, techie T-shirt on. And three yeah. of us in the crowd, you must have either worked in software or knew about software, who were like, oh, that's really clever, that's really... But it's it's finding that audience, like you say, yeah, hitting the right people. Yeah, you know, because obviously you get people that dress up crazy and they kind of give it loads. And sometimes you find that, you know, when someone's shouting and they're all done up, it's funny for a minute or so, and then it's difficult to kind of take them seriously beyond that you know yeah. you have that first kind of wall what's going on here then and then you're like actually i don't know how much more there is to this and there probably is but you've kind of you've been so stunned at the start of it you're not really sure what to do you know yeah there's no idea. Um, i don't know if you've ever seen him john kearns have you ever seen him he's 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 been on telly he's done a few telly spots and that he's sort of reasonably big have you heard of him come across him at all yeah i think so i think i know the Where's name crazy wig crazy teeth um yes yeah and he he's got a very um tommy cooper style of speaking and you know some of the jokes that and i and i i think when i look at that and i think oh if i because that must be his normal set 
so to speak. That must have been how he got started. He, he mustn't have dressed up like that straight away. Um, yeah. And I think, oh, if, if if you then had this little, like, quirk in your act, would that make you stand out a little bit more? And I think, could I do my thing if I sort of dressed up differently? And I don't, I don't think I've got that in me. I don't really have a sort of an actor's type of thing in me to be able to play a character. But what about you? Do you think you could do that? I'm, I'm not sure. My main mate, Rob Hayes, that was the guy from Basingstoke, he had a kind of 80s, like, singer kind of persona, you know? Okay. And I, I and it, the idea was really good, but I got the impression from a couple of things he'd done. He did some joke photo shoots and stuff that everyone else in Basingstoke just thought he'd lost his mind <laughs> and thought he was, that he kind of lost the, the plot and was now doing really bad 80s covers. But that was, it was all it was all part of the act. And I think in the right place, it would have been brilliant. But everywhere else, it, it's very difficult to make that work, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And I, you know, I... I yeah, and also I, my pro, I always worry that if you do one thing very strongly, you're then stuck. And I'm very greedy, and I'm, I get bored very easily. Yeah. And if you're known for you know your one-liners, or you're known for like your spinning bow tie, or you're falling over and things like that, you know, it's 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 kind of then that's what you got to do. Isn't yeah, it? you just yeah. from there, I suppose. Yeah, you can imagine being yeah. stuck in Roy Chubby Brown's, you know. Yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like that. you know. I, I could write songs with, you know, 100 swear words in, but I try not to because that's easy. That's a kind of quick, cheap laugh. And it doesn't, I'm not saying my songs work, but it just, I'm just trying to be a bit more subtle than that. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of acts out there. I can't remember what the guy's called, but one of them makes loves this guy. And he, if you watch the video, he, you think it's Jarvis Cocker and he's very, very serious and he's singing it and he's on his knees and he's in his, you know, his suit on the stage. But actually, if you listen to the lyrics very carefully, some of them are horrendous. <laughs> but... But it's almost for me, it's too subtle. Right. So right. you wouldn't you'd have to actually really listen to know, you know, and you know, and it was one of the songs, but the middle eight with the bridge bit was about something about a silken purse. And it was like, and you were like, what? And he was saying something about she had a, a an overly sized lady oyster or something. And it was like, but if you listen to the rest of the song, you would you wouldn't have even noticed that. It was only because I knew what it was because he'd sent me a link. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think trying to get that balance right and you know, as I said, I do like to tell stories and I do like to say stuff I'm, at the moment. As I said, I think if I'm a bit nervous, it means I can just fall back on a song if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think the last time I, I did something when you were there, I think basically I, I try and do like a couple of one-liners and then a song and then I try and tell a story and do a song and then I explain the last song and that's and that's my eight minutes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, again, you know, it seems to work quite well. When we did the point... In Eastley, the two there's two older ladies that do the door. Yeah. They came over and said, Look, well, we love your songs. You know, and I've done the song sometimes I like to put my cock in things. And they were saying, We love that song. You need to come back. And it was like, I wasn't expecting you to say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is a good thing. But you know, I, I think some of these comedians, you know, you get people like Peter Kay and Michael McIntyre, and these sort of people that are kind of in the middle and they all do bits and bobs and they can kind of do whatever they want. I think they're the kind of people that have got it strongest because I know they're both very kind of PC and they work very well for families and all sorts, but they, they can kind of go any way with all that stuff because they're not committed to one style. That's are they? Right. <laughs> I think they're the people that have got a bit more life. Cause you get people like Alan Carr and people like that. And, you know, even Jimmy Carr as well, they kind of, they're very extreme at what they do. Yeah. And then you yeah. love them for a while and you see them, they, they're on everything and then they fade away for a year or two and then they come back again because people like it again. But 
maybe sometimes it's a bit too much, you know? Yeah. You know, it's a difficult, you know, and obviously, I, you know, I like most, you know, I like most comedians. I don't, I don't love all stand-up comedy. It's a strange one for me, but I like it when it's good. And sometimes I don't find stuff funny, but you like you say, you actually think to yourself, that is so clever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah. Saying, I'm a big fan of more of the American comedians and the storytellers that they've got with like Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, Louis C.K., yeah. Tom Segura. Like I'm more of a fan of those than I am of the British comedians. I've been to see Russell Brand and Alan Carr and Jimmy Carr, and they're good, and you watch them, and you think, that, you know, it is good, but I don't know, for me, I just find it funnier, find the Americans funnier. Just, I don't know why, just seems to hit home in my yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of those people as well. Once they get going, once they're in kind of like full flight, you can see it, you know, the kind of confidence and the magic's there. So, um, I might mind sending me a link for there's a thing on Netflix of Adam Sandler, and he surprisingly was better than I expected. He did stand up comedy, but he does a lot of songs, but a lot of his songs are like 20, 30 seconds yeah. long, you know. But it was better than I expected. But again, you know, I like to see these things and think, do you know what? I think I could do it better than that, or as good as that, or, or, or that one's much better than anything I've done, but it gives me something to head towards. I see what he's done there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, mate, listen, we're on our hour, but as you know, I'm yep. a big fan. Um, I'll be getting you down onto the Mayflower Lampoon as soon as you can give me a, a Thursday when you're free. There's always a spot for yep. you. Thanks. And, um, and yeah, mate, I look forward to seeing you live again soon. Now things are slowly coming back to normal. Yeah, I'm hoping. Obviously, I work Thursdays. I'm, I'll, get, I'll get a Thursday off and work something out because obviously I want to come and see you guys as well and see what's going on, you know? Yep, it'd be ideal. Like I say, if you can get yourself down anytime, mate, I'll make space for you. So even if it's a last minute right. thing, you let me know and you can just come down with your guitar and you'll be on. Cheers. I appreciate that. And cool. And thanks for talking to me. It's been a good bit of fun. It's just a, something a bit different, you know? Yeah, it's nice just to um, yeah, just have a bit of a chat and, and relive some memories, isn't it, mate? Yeah, definitely. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I'll let you have your evening back. Go and relax. Now you're not stuck. You can, uh, you, you can un- unpack all those sex toys you just got. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's boxes in it. But yeah. I, I recognise I the sound of someone putting the Bum Crusher 2000 box down, mate. <laughs> there's, no, there's no denying that one. Like, all you need now, as long as you've got a car battery, you'll be fine. Uh, I appreciate the recommendation, actually. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about durability for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, buddy, listen, you take care. Have a good night. Thank you very much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, mate, and I'll see you yeah, soon. Take care, yourself. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, hey, mate, bye. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. What we've got next is Baku. Uh, if you don't know him, he's so funny. Got a lot of great stories. Looking forward to having a conversation about his childhood, his growing up, how uh, it's influenced his comedy. Um, you'll definitely enjoy it so get ready for that next week